Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Smoke here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Larry Kinsman, owner at Orin Technologies, LLC. Larry, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we're going to be talking about a method you're involved with for cleaning PFAS up out of the environment. But first off, why don't you start off with a brief overview on Orin Technologies? Uh, when did you start this company? Uh, we started back in 2002. Um, Orin itself is just a, we're, we're a contractor. But we kind of function a little bit different than most contractors. We have everybody internally have our, our four-year degree people or farther advanced. We have a hydrogeologist, geologist, biologist, organic chemist, mathematician of all things, um, which actually comes in handy when you're when you're crunching numbers on things. Um, but again, we're we're strictly contractor, but we approach things at a higher end where we're actually trying to find solutions for our clients that are not just off the shelf but something we can try to be a little bit more innovative and out of the box with. I see. Yep. And and how did you get into this PFAS removal effort? When did that kind of start? You know, it, it was a little bit of a hunch, to be quite honest with you. We were doing some work out at the, uh, at, at the airport, just kind of doing some other random things out there. And we one of the things we were t- discussing was some of the issues they had with PFCs or PFAS. Um, and what we ended up doing, it's like, well, you know, I'm going to test it on our bioavailable media, which we call BAM, um, and see what it does. And I thought, yeah, it's a long shot if it works, but, you know, what the heck, we'll give it a whirl. And we set it up in the lab and uh, did some jar tests, and it worked great. We actually had, uh, at that point in time, they were only testing down to, I think, half a part per billion. And we were able to take uh, the sample down to non-detect, below the detection limit. In, in a very, very short period of time. And I was just using BAM alone. But what it ends up doing, and actually kind of works like a sponge. So it works by absorption, where an activated carbon works by adsorption. So adsorption is where you're at the surface of the, of the activated carbon, where we're actually, we're working by absorption. So it looks like a honeycomb sponge. So you're actually going through the bulk of the material to get things to hold in place. And when it does that, what's nice, it holds it better so it can actually pass what we call leaching tests. So it doesn't, you know, get absorbed into the sponge and then ooze out. It actually, it stays fairly trapped in there. But what's nice, the pore openings are big enough for the microbes to still access it and be able to attack it and destroy it. Interesting. Yeah. And what you mentioned before, was that the start of the pilot project at the Dane County Airport or was that prior to that? That was prior to that. That was just kind of, taking a little shot to see what it would do. And it, it turned out it, that it worked. And so for that component, we went, we uh, did a more of an official bench top study. And again, we were able to confirm that we, we got the results that we did. And from there, we actually went to, they had some totes out there that they had some fire trucks were rinsed out and they put the water, the rinse water into these totes. And we ended up doing some studies on those just to kind of prove it also to ourselves from both the BAM aspect and the microbes. And this is where we actually started introducing the microbes into the whole component of this. And we, we did the study, we added the BAM, we added the microbes, we added nutrients into it. 
and we're going an aerobic pathway when we're doing this type of treatment. So that means you want oxygen in the, the water, your, your treatment media, so that you can actually go that direction. A lot of the other people that are out in the industry are trying to go anaerobically, which uses more energy, and there's a lot more roadblocks as you try to go that way because you'll take some of these particles or chemical structures, you start breaking them down. They, they like to be broken down in an anaerobic way at the beginning, but then all of a sudden you, you hit these stalls where, well, now I want to go aerobically to break down. So it's kind of interesting to see how that kind of works. And then we, so that's why we're adding the oxygen. We just use, use simple fish aerators. It's actually, yeah. It's kind of bubble it in there. Yes. <laughs> um, and we got these things to, you know, we got the aerobic conditions. We have the BAM in there and the microbes. And we just let it set uh, to do its thing. And over a period of time, we actually saw some great reductions occurring. You saw these big chains break down into smaller chains. And then those smaller chains break down to even smaller ones where we were getting down to fluoride ions. And those fluoride ions were actually being scavenged up and forming fluoride, which is or, which is basically like you have in toothpaste. And so they're forming these, these complex minerals at, at the very end. So it, was, it worked nicely that way, which was a nice little crystal you could actually see under the microscope. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to kind of take a look at. And those, that study went really well. We're like, hey, let's take this to the next step. And so from there, we actually designed a field pilot to actually go out in the field. Um, we, first thing was to culture more microbes. So we actually took the microbes that actually from the job site itself, from the subsurface at the Dane County Airport, at the, or I should say the 115th fighter wing. And we, we got those microbes, we cultured them, grew them, and we went out in the field, we injected the material using what we call geoprobes. It's like a, the geoprobe is like a large jackhammer with a, a hollow pipe. We drive that down to depth and we were able to inject them under pressure into the subsurface, low pressure, mind you. And we started seeing some nice results right at the beginning, which was you would expect just from the general absorption that's gonna occur with the BAM. But, over time, we monitored this so far over about 10 months. And we've seen that the reduction stay down through that whole pilot area the entire time we've been out there. Um, and you're seeing the conversion as the, as the groundwater flux moves through the area, which is a groundwater flow. Um, you're seeing a reduction as it goes through the area, it gets better and better and better and better. Hmm. And by the time it gets to the other end, we've been averaging 97% reduction on an average. Uh, in the down gradient well after it flows through our pilot area, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, that's uh, really excellent. And um, I want to take a bit of a broader look for a moment just to briefly explain to our listeners who may not know PFAS are sort of like a harmful chemical that is found in all kinds of consumer products like nonstick pan coatings and most yep. notably in firefighting foam. And because these airports are required to use this certain type of firefighting foam, a lot of them have a lot of PFAS kind of scattered around in the local environment, right? So yep. that so that's that's an issue not just here in the Dane County Airport, but all over the place. So I'm curious yes. your thoughts. Like, what's the path forward look like? Do you think this could be more widely applied to help address this environmental issue at a broader scale? And uh, what's the path ahead look like for your company? Yeah, from a brighter, a broader perspective, we're actually already looking at looking at uh, applying it to farm fields. Um, we're and we're doing a study like that over in the state of Michigan right now. Also looking at phytoremediation, and why we're doing those type of things is to see if we can stop the uptake 
of the PFAS into the plants. And by, by doing that, by stopping that uptake, you create that roadblock. So now it's not available in the, the feed or the grains that we consume, animals consume. Um, it, for example, it doesn't get into the, the dairy milk. Um, it doesn't get into the beef or the cattle, um, which in turn we consume. Uh, so we can get to the point where we can start stopping some of this. I think that's going to be, that's going to be huge because that starts making a little bit of a dent from, you know, where the source is. Um, as far as, uh, you know, outlook on our company, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I never, I, I'm always looking at the science. I don't look at that part of it all that much, which I suppose as a businessman probably isn't the best thing to do, but, um, <laughs> I think the general perspective of what we can do for, helping the environment and trying to target where the sources of, these, of the, the PFAS is and stopping it from getting into the environment is going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's simplistic. That's, that's the nice part. You're not using tons of electricity. You're not using all these different things. I mean, it, it works great because we're using a biomass that we're recycling that also is taking methane out of the equation. So there's some other benefits of what we do with this whole thing. All of a sudden you have a methane source that's now gone, that's actually being used to actually help absorb and go you know, take PFAS out of the, the system. And you're also getting a situation where <laughs> you're, you're stopping that uptake into hopefully the, the, the food stream. Well, and again, it's like you said before, I mean, PFAS is in everything from water bottles to fire, anything that's waterproof, the shoes you're wearing, it's anything plastic. It's all there. It's amazing. All the places it's at. Yeah. It's really been uh, interesting just in the last few years, how much attention and understanding has come about, about PFAS. So it's, it's really interesting to hear about this new pilot project and some of the efforts you're going to be doing going forward in the agriculture space. Larry, I'll be really interested to hear more about that as you uh, test its application in that other space, I'll, uh, I'll be, it'd be great to have you back on the podcast to kind of give an update as you continue working on those things. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's, it's a, it's a really neat technology. And again, it's, it's one tool. I think in the, you're kind of talking about, you know, what's going to happen in, in the future of some of this, I think it's going to take multiple technologies and that's going to be the biggest hurdle is getting some of these other organizations and companies that want to play and work together and try to get this stuff, you know, really where it needs to be. Cause that's usually going to be the biggest issue. Cause I've already reached out to other companies. It's like, we have this technology, let's try to combine it with yours. And they're like, no, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't, I don't get it, but. Hmm. I see. Yeah. Well, best of luck with all your efforts, you know, on your own or in partnership with others, uh, Larry, any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap up here? No, that's really about it, but I, I appreciate the time and thank you. Absolutely. Sure, we'll talk again soon. All right, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? 
and almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.